I'll write on pen and paper. I'm gonna look back on today and be proud that I, and then I list a few different things, right? So one of them I'll always write, like gave my all to all that I did, um, you know, showed up when it came to my fitness, um, showed up and had hard conversations when I needed to. And then at the end of the day, I go back and I rank myself on those things out of 10. So I'm always having self-accountability. Hey guys, it's Corey from Redefining Strength. Welcome to the Fitness Hacks Podcast. Today, I wanna talk about the fact that there is always a reason not to do something and give you strategies to overcome those excuses. So in this episode, you'll learn how to focus on small changes while embracing the learning process. I then have a great interview I did with Lauren Tickner where she talks about overcoming your excuses, holding yourself accountable, even on days you don't feel like showing up. Uh, Her tips are amazing and she shares personal experiences as well. I then want to share an accountability challenge that you're going to try for 15 days. There is a handout you can download. You'll find that in the link in the video description, as well as in the show notes. Then I'll talk about cutting out the foods you love and how that's sabotaging your results because it's really key. We meet ourselves where we're at. And finally, I'll wrap up with sharing how to implement a deload week or giving yourself that mental break even before you need it, because often, you know, we feel burned out. That becomes our excuses and we want to bust through all of them. I also want to say a big thank you to anybody who's already left a review. If you haven't, please go leave a review. It helps me keep the episode sponsor free and allows you to only enjoy my ramblings. So let's jump right in. The best way to overcome those excuses is to meet ourselves where we're at. Small steps forward really add up. And this isn't the sexy thing we want to hear, right? We want to hear, drink this shake, do these crazy things. All these things will make you get results overnight. And we want to jump to those things. We almost want to jump to something that's harder, but this is ultimately what sabotages our success because we overwhelm ourselves with all the changes. So often we think we don't have the willpower, the self-control, and it's because we're doing all these things that are depleting us so much that at some point we just can't sustain them. But it's not sexy to say, do these very small changes that seem like almost nothing and allow time to work its magic so that results snowball. But the truth of the matter is you need to take those small steps forward if you actually want to see the results that you want. You can't simply do these dramatic changes. While yes, we can sort of work along this continuum of fast versus more sustainable, and we can go faster at points when we're willing to make more sacrifices, we also have to recognize that we are making more sacrifices and that this won't be something that we can do for very long without depleting ourselves. And at points, we're gonna be trying to force something that really doesn't fit our lifestyle. So if even you've been in a, like a perfect period of life where maybe you've had more time, there haven't been as many stressors, not as much going on at work, family life, whatever else, and you've been able to go a little bit faster, maybe you've done one of those 21-day fixes or 30-day cleanses or whatever else, you know, a set period of time where you've been able to really focus on things, recognizing that you might be getting burned out or that it's a little too much and knowing how to adjust to shift back towards that more sustainable side, something that's maybe doing the minimum is really key. It's why I like focusing on macros, breaking down the portions we really need. It's why I like focusing on progressions because when we understand those fundamentals, we understand how we can make small changes to where we're at currently to move forward so that we can always go a little bit faster, make a few more sacrifices, but also correct back because so often our excuses do arise out of the fact that we're doing too much and trying to push ourselves when we just don't have the willpower anymore because there's other things draining it, be it work, family life, whatever else. 
So you have to make sure that you're meeting yourself where you're at and you have to embrace that learning process. I think so often we expect ourselves to be good at something. We expect ourselves to be able to run basically when we can't even yet stand up. And when we're making these changes, we have to realize that it isn't that clear progression. We have to learn to crawl before we can stand, before we can walk, before we can run. And yes, sometimes in that process, you'll be able to skip over things because you get really comfortable, but you have to take those steps and embrace that learning process and embrace being bad at something, falling down to start even if you truly want to move forward. So I wanted to give you just four things or three things that I really focus on with clients to help them take those small steps forward, okay? So one, focus on where you're at currently. The best changes happen by meeting ourselves where we're at. So if you map out what your current routine looks like from how you wake up to how you fuel, to how you train, to how you you even handle stressors during every day and how you map out your time, the more you can meet yourself where you're at currently and make small changes, the better off you're going to be. And then, You need to know where you want to go, but also consider the steps to get there, not just the end destination. So often we say, I want to lose 15 pounds, but we don't consider all the things that we've tried in the past or all the things that we actually need to do to move forward. So as you're thinking about your end destination, think about what will it actually take to get there. Okay. And then number three, realize you can't uh, just learn about something you need to take steps to implement. So as you're researching how you can move forward, as you're researching different nutrition plans, workout plans, think about what you'll actually have to do to move forward. So how does this then translate into actions you can take? Because so often I do think we read a book and we're like, oh, that's so motivating. And then we do nothing. We buy a program. Yes, this is going to be the thing. And then we do nothing. So as you're starting to make changes, read about it, learn about it, seek to gain knowledge, but take even a small step as you're reading about it. I like when I have a book that I'm reading to make notes and then implement right away at least one of the things in there to make sure that I'm taking action because it's very easy to learn about something and never move forward. So remember, you have to take small steps, meeting yourself where you're at. You can't overwhelm yourself by finding some ideal and you have to be willing to embrace even stepping back at points to meet yourself where you're at as your needs and goals and life evolve over the time. But don't let those excuses build up. Really address what's going on to meet yourself where you're at to move forward. Lauren Tickner is a former Gymshark athlete who has built a multi-million dollar business all before the age of 30. She knows what it takes to really succeed in life, and she's had so many different experiences that I think will be valuable to give you perspectives, not only so you can rock those results in your life, but also see that we all have struggles that we have to overcome. All right, so we're kind of starting in the middle of a conversation here because I am here with the wonderful Lauren Tickner, and we are talking about feeling comfortable in our bodies actually just right now. And we're talking about getting on Zoom calls and having our hair be a mess. But I am so excited to have you here, Lauren. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. And I uh, think it was divine timing that we were both in the same place on the same weekend at the same time. Crazy. It was crazy. But we're going to have a fun little conversation and talk about making ourselves a priority. Lauren is super successful both at business and at fitness and life. She's rocking everything. And so I'm super excited for you to uh, share some tips about how to balance all the different aspects of life while Mm -hmm. still making time for yourself. Yeah, I think that's everything. And I'm very fortunate, probably like you, in that I forced myself to like fitness. In the beginning, I hated it so much. I hated fitness because I was overweight as a kid. And so for me, in the beginning, I was coming from a place of kind of negativity, to be honest, when I was training and I was forcing myself and overdoing it. 
But then slowly when I realized there's a way to actually do fitness in a way that you love, then I really enjoyed it. And it was a part of my day where I knew it would give me more energy. So now when I think about going and working out, taking a walk outside, going to the gym, I'm just thinking, okay, this is actually a re-energizing activity. Even though in the beginning it feels mentally like it's going to be a drag, I know that it's going to be something that's going to lift me up into the rest of the day, right? And so that's, I guess, one mindset trick that I've given to myself when it comes to finding time for the fitness side. I think that's a hard mindset to shift because I think so many of us do approach it as like, we get into something because we have to, right? I want to lose weight, therefore I have to work out. So it almost feels like, a punishment over something we get to do. So how did you make that mindset shift? So I got to a position where I was overdoing it so much and actually under eating that I was having panic attacks every day. And so I remember I went to the gym one time and I tried to bench and it was really light for me. I was doing powerlifting at the time. I tried to bench and I literally just couldn't even push the weight at all. And so I put it onto my chest and rolled it down over my tummy and I had this belly bar at the time, like my belly button was pierced and it just hurt so much. And I just had this realization that my heart was beating so fast and I was having like a mild panic attack. And so then I started driving home from the gym and I had to pull over a couple times just because I couldn't breathe. And I left the gym early. That's the only time I'd ever done that. And I'd been training at that point for more than a year. And I was, I got home and I was in the driveway and I just started crying because I was like, I literally am destroying myself because it is coming from that place of negativity. So for me, I had to just have a really real talk with myself. And so I got a pen and paper and I just start to, started to think, how do I want my life ultimately to look? And I knew that I wanted to be successful and I knew I wanted to actually achieve something. But the way that I was going, I was just killing myself. Like I was literally destroying my health. So for me, unfortunately, I had to reach that rock bottom moment. And I think for some people it has to right? Because you meet some people who are extremely, extremely unhealthy, whether it's mentally or physically, and you ask them, what do you need to do to change? And they know what they need to do. So you ask, why are you not doing it? And then they just have excuses, right? And some of the excuses are really, really valid. Like for example, my mom, right? My, my younger brother is disabled. And so she literally had an excuse that she has to look after him the whole time. But she found a way And she was overweight before as well, but she found a way to actually eat a bit less, eat a bit healthier, swap out some foods. With her, I led by example. And it was amazing because she followed suit despite the constraints that she had in her life. But really other people, they have to reach that rock bottom because they know what needs to be done, but they don't do it because the pain is not great enough than the current state that you're in. I think that's a perfect way of putting it. The pain of staying stuck has to outweigh the pain of change. Yes. And I think what you just even said was you have to own your priorities. Mm. It's recognizing the purpose for why you're doing things. Yes. It's recognizing what you prioritize and value in your life. And instead of letting that become your excuses, it's finding a way to work around those different things, which mm. it seems like you've really done. And now being as busy as you are, as successful as you are, how do you still find that time to make time for yourself? I really think it depends when you say for yourself, right? Like, what does that look like for you? So I have been training now. It's actually been 10 years, which is wild that it's been so long because it feels like just a couple days ago, I stepped in the gym for the first time, so insecure, so afraid, and just going in there with one goal, which was to burn calories, right? Whereas now I don't even, that doesn't cross my mind. I'm just there because I enjoy it. And so I've taken something that I didn't like and I've turned it into a real hobby of mine. So 
when it comes down to like time for myself, thankfully, my hobbies, my enjoyments, they align with things that are actually bettering me. But that's because I see the person that I want to be and the people that I value and I respect, they do things that are doing good in some way, shape or form, whether it's for themselves, just because they want to, you know, make themselves feel good um, or for other people. And so I always just think like if I'm going to do something that feels really enjoyable in the moment, quote unquote, right, like scroll on my phone, how am I going to feel after? Am I going to feel proud of myself or am I going to feel regretful and like I just wasted time? And so one thing that I started doing a few years ago is in the morning, I'll write on pen and paper, I'm going to look back on today and be proud that I, and then I list a few different things. Right. So one of them I'll always write, like gave my all to all that I did, um, you know, showed up when it came to my fitness, um, showed up and had hard conversations when I needed to. And then at the end of the day, I go back and I rank myself on those things out of 10. So I'm always having self accountability. And that's been helpful for me because I am someone that needs accountability. Like if I'm left to my own devices and I think many of us, not everyone is like these people who can just be like militant and just always go for it, go for it, go for it. Like we all have those days where we don't want to show up. But then I've always committed in the morning and I always remind myself that time's going to pass either way, whether we make the most of it or not. So if you have the choice, which we all have the choice, because the time's going to go by. So how can we actually do something that's going to take that unit of time and make it go further? I think even just writing it down, you're making that commitment to yourself and yes. it's knowing why you're doing it. It's knowing what you're doing and it's really placing that emphasis on it. It is that accountability, right? When, yeah. when we don't list out what we're going to do, it's easy to be like, oh, well, you know, it doesn't really matter. No one else knows. This is when it's written <laughs> down and you know, you're going to be rating yourself on it. You are more committed. Oh it gosh. is that like yeah. action plan. And I think that makes all of the difference. And it's also not just making it about like, I think so often we're just in the moment, like get caught up in like what we want right now versus mm -hmm. how do I want to look back at this? Like yeah. what person do I want to be like embracing that identity? Because making a change isn't just changing the habits. It isn't just changing the mindsets. It truly is changing your identity. Mm -hmm. And that means acting as if even when you don't want to. Yeah. Because it, it's really hard. Identity shift is probably the hardest thing possible because the way you see yourself causes you to show up based upon the values of that person that you see yourself as. And so especially if all your friends, most likely your friends are people that you have the same values as and they're going to make decisions and they'll start judging you based upon making the choices that you're making that are different to the group of people. Right. Cause the people that we're around can influence us so much. For example, like, um, there's no chance he's going to watch this, but I've also had this conversation with him, but my cousin was working for me for a while. And, uh, before he was in with a rough crowd of people and they were doing bad things and just hanging out and taking drugs and all things like that and getting in trouble. And so he came to work for me and I got him really good at sales. I trained him really well and he was killing it. And then we went back to the city where we were living in London and he reconnected with some of those people. And just because of that, I'd been with him traveling for like six months. Well, as soon as we got back, he started going in the same crowds, doing all the same things, taking all the same drugs. And I had to fire him and we no longer really speak that much. And it's really, really sad because he was on such a great path, but it's because of those people that he was around. They were on a level where they were just laughing at him for not getting involved, right? Peer pressure. 
And so it's a real shame, but I think at the same time, sometimes we have to also assess the people that are around us. And it seems like a massive mammoth task to do all of this, but it happens little by little, bit by bit. And you've probably found this as well. Like as you grow in different areas, right? Whether it's like health or the way that you see money or the way that you see relationships, you, you kind of shed some people that you were once really, really close with who were really, really good for you at that moment. And a mentor of mine once said to me, this was reg- regarding business, but he said like, that person can be really good to get you to that stage of business, but just realize that that same person might not be the person you need to get you to the next stage. And I'd never thought about it like that until now, because I was always seeing every decision that I made, like, okay, this must be a forever thing, but it's okay if something is just the thing that you need for now, right? Like if you're first in the beginning stages of losing weight and you need to lose like a hundred pounds plus, right? You're not going to go doing like CrossFit workouts. You might just take a walk, (laughs) right? So I think as well, just like realizing what we need at that time for me personally has been super helpful because I have this massive, like all or nothing mindset. And so sometimes the barrier to entry feels so high to start something. Cause I think like, okay, I'm going to run a marathon. That means I need to start my training now. And it's like, whoa, just slow down a bit. Just go for like the first run that you've done in a year. (laughs) But it it is remembering that the small steps add up, but that nothing works forever in the same form. And so what you do to get to one stage might've been perfect for that stage, but Mm -hmm. then you're going to need to shift. And that evolution isn't a bad thing. It's meeting yourself constantly where you're at. And even going back Mm. to your morning assessments, it's doing those assessments to be like, where am I at today? And what do I need to focus on today to to move forward? Yeah. Like how can you make yourself feel proud? Right. Because I think that's one of the greatest feelings and that gives you that rewarding sense. Okay. I'm on the right path. Like let's keep doing this. Whereas I was going to say this earlier. Um, so you mentioned, oh, well, no one saw, so no one knows. Right. So I used to literally think like, is this habit never going to go? Because I would have this, I was tracking my macros when I was doing these powerlifting and I did some other competitions and stuff. And every single, every single day, (laughs) okay, I would like go slightly over my macros. It's like, oh, it's okay. Tomorrow I'll just make up for it. And it's like the next day, the same thing happens. Then I get to this cycle where I'm just doing this every single day. And I thought, why can I literally not stick to this? And it was really simple. I was just setting my macros too low. (laughs) It was so simple, but I was setting myself up to fail. And I think we do that all the time. Like we create these crazy, crazy things that we need to try and achieve. Whereas if we just set down the barrier a little bit less, then we're going to be able to achieve it. And then it becomes sustainable. And then it lasts. So for me personally, that's something that I did because Oh my God, before I was doing these like two hour workouts, right? Like eats into your day. Sometimes less is more. And I like to tell clients all the time. I'm like, it's sometimes doing the minimum. It sounds Mm. negative to say the minimum, right? We want to do the most, but by doing the minimum, we allow ourselves to get consistent and then allow the habits to build. And we don't overwhelm ourselves. Mm. Like sometimes even like coming on this vacation to Austin, I'm like, I'm going to have the barbecue. I'm going to have whatever (laughs) I want. Like you have to loosen the reins even strategically from what you might do other times, knowing that you're also doing the stuff at other times to allow yourself to live that lifestyle balance right for you. That's so true. Yeah. And then you have the barbecue and you realize it's not even as good as people make it out to be. No, the barbecue from Franklin's is as good as it's, it was yeah, really it good. Was good. Okay. Cause I had a really bad one well, and it made me feel really bad. We'll fix, we'll fix that. But <laughs> my that's tummy thing. was like gurgling, like, Oh my gosh. So don't eat the barbecue <laughs> potentially depending on where she went. <laughs> yeah. I don't know the name. I'm, I'm not going back there, but it's okay. But yeah, to your point, it's true. Like 
we have to re remember like that, you know, discipline over the long run is ultimately what allows us to have the short, the short term. And it feels really good when you do enjoy it. For me, I'm more of like a sweet tooth person, right? If we're talking like food. And so I'm not going to enjoy something like a barbecue. So I don't really bother. Right. I would rather just have a simple meal and then go have like, you know, a really nice cheesecake <laughs> or something like that. But it's knowing your priorities and then planning True. for those and yeah. allowing yourself to not feel weird. If you don't, then like if you're going out with friends and you're like, hey, I have these specific goals and I'm not going to indulge in this because this doesn't feel of value to me. It's totally. being okay with that and not like succumbing to the peer, like peer pressure as well, too. Yeah, 100 percent. And also like not judging the other people for what they're having, right? Because that's something that I see a little toxic in the health and fitness industry is actually like if other people are just, you know, drinking alcohol as an example, right? I personally don't choose to drink that often. I don't really like to drink, okay? But sometimes I'll have a glass of wine, maybe. It depends how I feel. But like I see some people who don't drink and they're just like looking down on other people. But that's also really, really bad. And so I just believe that if we focus on ourselves and our own goals and our own priorities, as you say, that's when I think, honestly, we get the results that we want because we don't then care about what other people think about us because we don't care about what they do. <laughs> well, and going back to what you even mentioned where you were nervous going into the gym for the first time yeah. and you were just thinking about burning calories. How did you get over that initial hurdle? Because there's another time where we often fear people judging us that we won't know, like we look like what we're doing in the gym, right? We feel some, uh, self-conscious. What would you tell someone looking to take that first step into fitness who either has been out for a long time or just never done it? Well, if we're talking the gym or going out for a run in public or something, I heard this quote one time where I just saw it as I was scrolling on Instagram years ago. And it said, like, when you go into the gym, everyone there is focusing on their goals to better themselves. Like people are in the gym. Everyone there is for a similar goal. And so most likely they don't even notice you because they're focusing on themselves. And I think that's just true in everything, right? And so after that point, I kind of, when I was squatting or whatever, I would look around and I would see, oh, did they see me, you know, do a quarter rep or whatever? And like, literally, it was true. No one was looking at me. They were all focusing on their own rep, their own form. And then I realized, wow, these are cool people. Like, these are people that I want to hang around with. So I started then eventually just like talking to people in the gym and I was making friends and I realized like, yeah, everyone's super supportive. They would ask like, hey, if you need help and to spot you on that set, like, let me come and help you. Um, and for me, honestly, that's when I realized like, wow, I can really have supportive friends that want to like lift me up rather than just have, cause I'm, I'm from the UK in case you couldn't tell. And, uh, <laughs> basically the banter there is like, you kind of criticize other people, right? Like you'll say mean things to them and it's like funny. Whereas what I found when I got in health and fitness is like everyone who's trying to better themselves, they don't even want to say those things out loud because they don't want to put that like negativity out there, right? They want to put positivity into the world and improve themselves. So. Well, I love that because let's face it, the more you can lift everybody else up, the more you lift yourself up as well. Because I think it does go back to you're in a positive state of mind, right? You're promoting goodness instead of promoting the negative, which that makes you think more negatively. So. It's, it's so true, right? Like I've, I've honestly noticed that in myself. Like if I then, if I, I find if I'm in a stressed type of mindset, right. And I've got like loads going on and like bajillions of people messaging me in one day. And it's like, I need this and da, 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 da. Then I find I actually get into this toxic loop where I start scrolling on Instagram. Like for me, that's how it shows up. And I've noticed this trend because I really try and like analyze my actions because then I start just killing time on there. And for me, 
okay, I stop it after like five minutes. But in the past, I would be scrolling for like 30 minutes or an hour, which I know for some people it's even longer than that, right? And so that, that when I was a teenager was honestly what I was doing. I was just scrolling all the time. But going back to the point, um, I think being able to like identify those things in ourselves, and then just literally ask, is this getting me to where I want to be? I think that self-awareness though is so hard. Like awareness of behaviors and the mindset behind them is one of the most challenging things to recognize, which clearly you've done a lot of self-reflection to find those. How would you encourage somebody or tell someone to go about starting to develop that awareness of maybe some of the habits they want to break or unlearn because it is so challenging. This one's so hard. And like, I honestly don't think I have a formula, but all I'll tell you is that literally every day for yeah, about 10 years, I have been doing something to improve myself, right? And the craziest thing and the most challenging thing is that things that you were doing once can be replaced by things that were not as good as that thing that you were doing before, right? So if I think about it, like, okay, like three years ago, I was on a super precise, maybe four years ago, before the lockdowns, I was on a super, super precise training program that I was like religiously sticking to. And then after the lockdowns, first time I went back into the gym, I don't know, I just had a different style of training that I was enjoying, which is definitely not as good for progress and gains, right? <laughs> because it's more like circuit style. So what I was doing then is now replaced with something else, which you could say isn't as good. But is that true? Well, it depends how you look at it because it's actually better for me mentally because the other workouts, although they were better for me physically and they were making me more progress when it comes to like my appearance, now mentally I don't go into the gym like, okay, today I'm going to have to like ramp up for that big squat set and all those deadlifts and et cetera, et cetera, right? Um, so I really believe that it's just like the compounding effect of doing it again and again and again and again. And that's something that's hard to codify. But I would say like there's so many amazing personal development books, but they're only really good if you actually implement them because <laughs> I actually was... um talking to someone the other day who reads a lot of biographies and he was saying, yeah, like I actually found the person who read the audiobook how to win friends and influence people by Dale Carnegie. It was just like one of the most well-known personal development books that there is. Right. And, uh, he went onto this guy's audible, like history of all the audiobooks this same guy has read. Right. Cause it's not you know, Dale, who's read it, right? It's some other guy. And uh, he's literally read like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of personal development books. And so then he looked into this guy and like, there was really like no info or anything. And he he's just, you know, working a job reading personal development books. And so he was saying like, well, if he's read so many personal development books about like growing your business and success, like why is he still working in this job, right? <laughs> Cause you could find like all the average salaries and stuff online, it's all public. And so like, maybe he just loves it. Don't get me wrong. But like, at the same time, it's true. You can read every book in the world and not really get anywhere unless you do something. And I was definitely in the habit of that in the past, right? Because it feels really nice to like absorb information. It's like dopamine coming to you right now. So what are you going to do after this? That's the question. Yeah. You got to take some action because if you don't take action, you're never going to get anywhere. And even if it's imperfect action, you'll learn from it, right? That's so true. Yeah. I think the best learnings come from that. All right. So one final question. You juggle a lot of different things. What would you say to somebody who makes the excuse? I don't have time because I feel like if anybody can make that excuse, you really can make that excuse. Yeah. It's just, (laughs) I mean, uh, it depends how you quantify time as well, right? Like what does that actually mean? 
you don't have time because you want to watch TV for two hours a day, or you don't have time because like you need to go and go out partying with your friends. Like it's just a priority. Literally, it really boils down to it being a priority. And I always look to my mom as an example for this, like with the disabled kid, right? That's a lot. Like he literally has to have care at all times. And so even, (laughs) even for her, it's like if she ever gets some time away, energetically, she's knackered. Like that's an English word, exhausted. (laughs) Energetically, she's exhausted. And so she doesn't want to go and do something, but like she'll go out and take a walk, right? Because she knows that ultimately in the long term, like this is our health. And so I kind of think about it like every day that I work out is another day when I'm old that I'm not going to be spending in hospital. It's planning for your future self, showing up for yourself, making it a priority. And I think you even touched on something there. There's always someone with a worse situation making more of their situation than you are. And there's someone obviously with a better situation making less of their situation. So do what you can to meet yourself where you're at to move forward. Yeah, because like... I literally think all the time, like, wow, I'm so lucky that I can run or wow, I'm so lucky that I can train because like my brother, for example, like he cannot, he cannot walk. He has a tube in his tummy. He cannot even eat. Right. So he has like this, this liquid that they have to pour into him just to get calories. And so like, I'm so lucky that I get to choose healthy, nutritious food, not some random like thing that's been made in like a factory that they've just churning into me to give me calories right and so I think sometimes like when we just think about it like from a place of gratitude um and when I when I was like I don't know a few years ago I did this half marathon and like the whole time all I was saying to myself by the way I'm not a runner that's why I say it like that don't worry I'm not either yeah my feet I don't know what it is but my feet just can't even they get ripped to like they get destroyed to the point where it's just like ridiculous but anyway and I was just telling myself in my head the whole time like Adam would be so grateful to be doing this right now. That's my brother. And so that got me through and I ran the whole thing and I didn't train and <laughs> it was fine. It wasn't even bad, right? Cause I was coming from gratitude. I like that. Well, we've got to all be a little bit more grateful for what we have. I know it's hard sometimes in the moment to always remember that, but I think when you can pause and reflect, it's really helpful. Yes, yes, absolutely. And this was really, really fun. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for coming on Lauren. Yay. Accountability is key, and we have to find ways to hold ourselves accountable even on those days we don't feel like showing up for ourselves. which is why I want to encourage you to take a 15-day challenge and fill out the accountability sheet each and every day to give yourself some perspective. So on this sheet, you are going to find listing out your goals for the day. It's really key that we have a purpose for each and every day because otherwise our excuses can sabotage what we really want to focus on. So think about what your goal for each and every day is at the beginning of the day and list those out. This will hold you accountable to working towards these things no matter what else comes up. Even if it's listing out one priority, you want to know your priorities and own your priorities because otherwise other excuses are going to get in the way. Then think about how you're going to accomplish this. List out even one to three easy things that you can do. It might be drinking more water. It might be doing a five minute workout. Think about something small that no matter what, you know, you can fit into your day. Then at the end, I want you to celebrate the wins that you achieved. They might be small. You might've even had a bad day where you're like, oh, this is impossible to think of them, but we need to end the day on the high note, really giving ourselves credit for what we did try and achieve. So even if it's less than what you really wanted to do, think about the fact that you still got something in despite life trying to do its best to get in the way. So celebrate those wins to end on a high note and send yourself into the next day on a positive note. 
then end with gratitude. While this can feel a little cheesy and I'm not asking you to Pollyanna, you know, your way through life, I think it's really key that we do celebrate the things that we have in our life that are really good. So often we don't, you know, give credit where credit is due. So end your day with a little bit of gratitude, whether or not it's being thankful for the people in your life, being thankful that you even survived the day, end with gratitude to set yourself up for success for the next day. But I'd love for you to fill out that sheet, which you'll find in the show notes or video description, just so that you can give yourself some perspective, but also some direction. Because holding ourselves accountable is super key. And when we put something actually in writing, it holds us more accountable than saying, oh, I want to do this today. We have that clear action plan and we even have reasons why we want to achieve those things. And that accountability will give us perspective and help us overcome some of those excuses that can tend to sneak in. One of the biggest struggles most of us have when we're trying to make changes is our nutrition. And we make the excuse that it's much easier to make changes to our workouts than it is to our diet. And it's because we become more comfortable being uncomfortable when it comes to our training than we have when it comes to making changes to our nutrition. So I wanted to discuss why I think it can often be a struggle to make changes to our diet. And I think this comes back to this clean eating pressure. Often we think there is, you know, this ideal standard we have to hit. We think I have to eat clean, which has no definition and everybody has a different definition of what eating clean really is. But we feel like we have to hit some ideal and that leads to restriction and deprivation. And then we can't maintain these restrictive standards. We can't maintain cutting out the foods we really love for long. So we think we have no willpower and then we ultimately feel so uncomfortable making these changes that we sabotage ourselves, fall off and go back to what we were doing prior and don't see the results that we deserve. So if we want to make lasting changes with our nutrition, we have to meet ourselves where we're at and we've got to stop this pressure to eat clean. Yes, whole natural foods are amazing. We need them in our diet. We need them to be healthy. But we also have to realize that food is more than just fuel in most of our lives. Food is part of social gatherings. It's things we enjoy. Foods now just taste good and we have the ability to get so many different things that we didn't used to have. We want to recognize this fact because the more we can realize that food is more than just fuel and that we can have a balance, the better off we're going to be because we won't just be restricting constantly and cutting out the things we love. Yes, there has to be a balance, but the more we find our personal balance, the better off we're going to be. So if there is a pizza night with family that you really love, and usually when you go on a diet to try and lose weight, you cut this out, stop cutting it out. Think about how you can work that night in, even as it's laid out already, or maybe say, hey, I can't fully work this in as easily. I do know I need to make changes, especially make a few more sacrifices to see results a little bit faster right now. So how can I have one slice of pizza while adding in a salad? That way you're still enjoying the day with your family, but you're also striking a balance and not feeling restricted, but working towards the goals that you want. It's all about finding our personal balance and being willing to adjust and think through different ways of viewing our lifestyle over trying to search for some ideal or pushing ourselves into some standard that just isn't realistic. Think about also doing nutrition by addition over by just cutting out. While it seems strange because in a weird way, like 
having one slice of pizza and having salad is cutting out the other slice of pizza. We're not thinking about it that way. We're thinking about I'm having my slice of pizza and I'm adding in a side salad. By thinking about our nutrition as something in addition instead of subtraction, we can often change the mindset behind everything as well. Because so often we are just thinking about well, what we can't have over what we can have. So start to focus on how you can add different things in to create a sustainable balance while even cutting out things you don't care about as much. There might be foods that you're like, well, I don't really care if I have rice over vegetables at this meal. So then swap. That way you have more carbs to include the pizza later on. Think about changes you can make that aren't necessarily first going to cutting out the things you love the most. Work those in. I literally will plan in something I want a lot first to the day just to make sure that I'm not feeling restricted or deprived. And if I do cut it out, I realize, hey, I am cutting this out because I am choosing to cut this out and I can add it back in. I think sometimes even that perspective of, hey, I'm doing this right now for this reason, but I can add it back in can change the mindset because we don't feel like we're being pressured to eat clean. We don't feel like we have to restrict or deprive ourselves. We're choosing to make these little changes. So just remember so often we make the excuse that we can't make dietary changes that we feel so restricted that our lifestyle balance doesn't you know allow for it that we even loved food too much i've heard that excuse a lot and i've even made that excuse i like food too much to do this i like alcohol too much to do this but really it's more about making small changes and finding ways to add things in that can help us adjust so stop making those excuses stop forcing some arbitrary standard of clean find ways to work in the foods you love first or even make small swaps to meet yourself where you're at currently to strike your lifestyle balance have you ever felt the stress sort of building against doing your workouts or you start to feel mentally demotivated where you're like, I don't want to do this workout or you get the excuses, I don't have enough time, I'm too stressed at work. All these different things start to build and you start to see your workout routine slack and slide. But before it gets to that point, there are usually warning signs. But often we try and just willpower our way through, white knuckle our way through self-control our way through the pain. We keep pushing, we keep pushing, we keep pushing, and then ultimately we end up completely falling off our routine and doing absolutely nothing, and then we feel like we're starting over again. We don't want that to happen. So if you're starting to feel some of those excuses building, instead of trying to push through, thinking you're weak for not being able to do it, if even like, it's not physical, right? You physically feel good, but mentally you just don't feel like pushing your workouts, you don't feel like doing it, back off. Sometimes we need to actually do less to achieve more and stay more consistent. So if you've been pushing really hard in your training and maybe physically you're starting to feel that overwhelm and overload occurring or even mentally you're just feeling it, it might be time to add in a deload week preemptively. So often we do wait until we're so maxed out that we wanna give up, when if in reality we could catch it before it gets to that point, we might get more motivated more quickly. So often you know, you, when you are trying to out self-control what's actually going on, you push through for a little bit, but then you ultimately fall off and it takes a lot longer to get back on. So if you're feeling that overwhelm, overload, even just mentally occurring, consider adding in a week of mobility work or a deload week where maybe you back off your training a little bit, but go to even a less intensive schedule to mentally give yourself that break because you'll find that by just being consistent with that, giving yourself that break, you become remotivated again. And one way I like to implement a deload week, a mobility week, is using isometric workouts or isometric exercises and workouts. Isometrics are basically moves that you are holding so you can think of it as a, you know, a, some of the yoga moves, but a lunge hold, whether you're doing more of the crescent lunge or even actually, you know, like a sort of static lunge hold, like you would a split squat or adding in the high plank positions. And you can even have fun here doing push-up holds, right? So they don't have to be easy, 
They can be intense moves, hard moves, challenging moves, but they can be that little deload and feel uncomfortable in a different way because mentally you're having to hold in this uncomfortable position, but they can be a great way to establish that mind-body connection, to allow your body to recover and rebuild, to help you even improve your mobility and stability because you're holding potentially at end ranges of motion or in positions that allow you to stretch out as you activate, but they're great workout because you are including that activation as you're stretching, you're improving that stability. You're working on that mind body connection. Like as you hold a lunge, sometimes as we go through reps, right? We start to lose that mind body connection. But if you're holding, you can say, Hey, where's my weight in my front foot? Where's my weight in my back foot? Am I actually pressing through all my toes or am I rocking in or out on my back foot? Can I shift my weight forward or backward and see how that feels? Can I squeeze my back glute? Can I engage my front glute to pull my knee open? You can start to even assess your form in different ways, which will then help you get more out of your more intensive training sessions. So not only are we mentally giving ourselves that break so that we don't end up letting our excuses overwhelm and sabotage our routine, but we're allowing our body to recover, our mind to get that break from intensively pushing during our training, and then we're even building a better foundation so that when we get back to our training, we can push forward faster. So remember that it's not being weak to take that deload week mentally or even physically because you need it before you get maxed out. It's worse to keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing, and then sabotage ourselves when we have no more self-control than to say, hey, my self-control is getting low. How can I steer into this, use this deload week to build that foundation so then I can come back faster and move forward a lot faster because I'm feeling functionally fit and strong. So use those isometrics and plan in some workouts that you can do on a deload week and even have that week laid out that you can always throw in whenever you need. But remember too often we're trying to push through, which adds up to more excuses, allows our motivation to fade, makes it way harder to get back on track. Use those isometrics. They're not fun. Mentally, they're really challenging. They're best done for intervals, about 20 to 30 seconds, focusing on that harder hold, but they are a great way to get in a full body workout and really prep your body to move better so that you can get so much more out of your training. Well, that's a wrap for this episode of the Fitness Hacks podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I would love to hear how the 15 day challenge is going for you. Make sure to download that workbook sheet from either the show notes or the video description so that you can really get started setting priorities for the day, holding yourself accountable, and even celebrating those wins. Mm -hmm.